0: We're in the middle of a series called Impact. And what we're doing in this series is we're taking a look at a letter that a man named John wrote. John was a follower of Jesus. He did life with Jesus. He was one of those uh, people who just kind of was really close to Jesus. And he writes uh, the gospel of John. He writes a book chronicling Jesus' life. And then he writes three letters found at the back of the Bible. And what John is also, what you need to know about John, is that John is a pastor. He has a pastor's heart. And so he writes this letter because the church that he's writing to, the church that he is loving on, has been going through some difficult times. They've been going through just fractured relationships. They've been going through brokenness. They've been going through division. There's been false teachings that have been coming out that have been denying that Jesus is God. There's been all sorts of stuff happening. And what is left is a confused, what is left is a hurt church. And so John, being the pastor that he is, writes a letter to encourage his church, to challenge his church to love on his church. And so we're going to continue looking at that letter today and we're going to get to a pivotal part in this letter. We're going to get to a part where it actually the focus shifts a little bit. So if you have your Bible, turn to 1 John. 1 John is in the back of the Bible. Go all the way to the back and just start flipping towards the left. You'll get to 1 John. If you go too fast, you're going to miss it because it's a very short letter. But we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 3. If you don't own a Bible, let us know. We would love for you to have a Bible. We believe it's filled with life-changing truths, so let us know. It's our gift to you. It's free. But we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. At this point in John's letter, there's actually a transition. There's actually a transition in theme. You see, up until this point, John has been focusing on this this metaphor, this picture of God being light. We hear about remain in the light, do not be in darkness. And we see this over and over again of how John presents this picture of God being light. And at this point, he begins to transition to a second metaphor. He begins to transition to the metaphor of God is love. God is love. Love, And we're going to actually see that a little bit more in the coming weeks as we look at chapter 4, where we really unpack that. But what happens here is that John is making a shift, a shift in theme. And the way that we can fully appreciate that is by going back to chapter 1 and looking at verse 5 in chapter 1. Verse 5 in chapter 1 says this, This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. Did you catch a little similarity between verse 5 of chapter 1 and verse 11 of chapter 3? Did you catch anything? Because there's a very deliberate similarity there. This is the message. Verse 11 of chapter 3. For this is the message. The word that's used there for the message is only used twice in the entire letter. It's used in verse 5 of chapter 1, and then it's used in verse 11 of chapter 3. And that word for message actually is translated, that word actually means gospel. It's actually a gospel message that John is presenting. And what he's saying is a gospel message. A gospel message of light and a gospel message of love. And so John is unpacking those two themes of the gospel, and in this chapter he begins to transition to that Focus of God is love. And as he does that, he presents three themes to kind of set up that conversation of God is love. He presents three themes. Here's what we're going to learn today. I'm going to give you the points right up front. We're going to learn about how John gives a warning. He gives the example, and he gives an appeal. He gives a warning. He gives the example, and he gives an appeal. Let's start with the warning. John gives his most overtly obvious illustration from the Old Testament in this passage. He doesn't go to this level at all in his letter, except for this chapter. Now, the Bible is made up of two parts. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is everything happens before Jesus. New Testament is Jesus and onward. And so John is pointing to the Old Testament in this passage. And what he's pointing to is a story of Cain and Abel. It's found in the book of Genesis. Cain and Abel are brothers. And so here's what's happened. Cain and Abel, they come before God and they bring this offering. They bring this sacrifice. Abel brings a sacrifice. Cain brings a sacrifice. They both bring an offering. God accepts Abel's sacrifice, but he rejects Cain. God accepts Abel, but he rejects Cain's sacrifice. We don't fully know why. All we know is that Abel comes with a heart that is good and Cain comes with a heart that is evil. And so God rejects Cain's sacrifice. And what happens next is that Cain becomes jealous. And in a fit of jealousy, he murders his brother. He kills Abel. And this is something that impacts the early church over and over again. It's quoted in the Bible, it's quoted in early church history writings. It is something that has caused, this tragedy is something that is constantly pointed to. And what John is saying, John is saying is, don't be like Cain. Don't be like Cain. In fact, his message is even stronger than that. What he's saying is, if you hate, if you're hating someone, you're like Cain. If you're hating someone, you're doing the same sin. And he's saying, don't do that. There's no room for hate in the gospel. You must love. You must love. And what John is saying is that there must be evidence of the impact of the gospel in your life. Because where the gospel takes root, love is the fruit. Where the gospel takes root, love is the fruit. And so John gives this warning. He says, don't be like Cain. Don't hate the gospel causes us to love. And then what he does from there is he gives us the example. And I wanna just point out just a specific deliberate thing that I did with our points. I told you we, John gave a warning and he gave an appeal, but he gives the example. He gives the ultimate example. He gives the ultimate example of love and that is found in Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate example of love, And we see this as he gets to verse 16 of chapter 3. As you look at people who've studied this, John, and studied his writings, they kind of notice that there's a very similar theme in John's gospel when he writes about Jesus' life in John 3.16 and in his letter of 1 John 3.16. In, in John's gospel, John writes a demonstration of love. He writes about how God demonstrates his love. In the letter, John writes an explanation of that love. There's a demonstration of love found in the gospel, an explanation of love found in the letter. 1 John 3.16 is this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That should sound familiar to some of you in here. If you've done your homework because it's one of our five by five verses that we're supposed to be memorizing. And it is such a rich and such a powerful verse. Love is not an add-on to the gospel. It is the central focus of the gospel. It is the very thing that the gospel is founded on. Do you hear the beauty of that verse? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. The love we are talking about here has to be centered on and fueled by Jesus because the focus of Jesus is the purpose of that love. The focus of Jesus is the purpose of that love. I need to tell you about my office. It's tucked away into a corner. It's like, let's keep him away from people. We're embarrassed of him. And his giant stuff in his office. So they put me, the way to get to my office is you got to walk into a different office where uh, over here sits Adam Kroll. Adam Kroll is uh, leading our young adults ministry. He's leading it with Emily Lepore. And in fact, if you're a young adult at Calvary Church, you want to go to the hub and ask to meet Adam or Emily. You can get connected to them. Or if you're in Quakertown, you want to talk to Allison or Grace. Um, But Adam sits over here, and then when you get in, I have to turn to the left and go through another door. That's kind of like going into a closet in someone else's office, and there's my office. Here's why I tell you that, because when you first come in, you see Adam. You don't really see to the side. I come into my office, well, Adam's office. I come into Adam's office, and I turn left, and there's Chad just standing there. Chad's one of our pastors, and he's standing there like a really creepy guy. And he startled me. I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, I was waiting for you. Like a creep? I don't know what's happening. And he goes, yeah, it was kind of like an ambush. And then he looks at Adam and he goes, that's not a good word. Adam, give us a better word, because Adam is military. So Adam says, what we have here is a tactical convergence. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, actually. And I was like, What's a tactical convergence? He goes, well, let me tell you what a tactical convergence is. A tactical convergence is when two parties meet for a specific purpose. It's when two parties meet for a specific purpose. I like that. I like that. You know why I like that? I like the specific purpose. I like the specific purpose. Because when it comes to impact... We don't impact others' lives for the sake of impact. We impact for a specific purpose. We impact to proclaim the gospel. You see, in just a moment, John is going to give an appeal. In just a moment, he's going to give an appeal to his readers and ask them to put action to their love. But before he does that, he reminds them of the gospel. Again, remember the message part in verse 11. He reminds them of the gospel. John is giving a gospel message and he's saying, The ultimate example of love is found in Jesus. The point and purpose of your love is to point to Jesus. It's a tactical convergence. And so John starts off with a warning and he says, Don't be like Cain. Don't hate. You got to love. Let me show you the purpose and point of that love and showing you the ultimate example, the ultimate example of Jesus. And then he gives an appeal. He gives an appeal in verses 17 and 18. He says this. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Love is an action word. It's not a passive word. It's an action word. And one of the ways that we express our vertical love to God is through our horizontal horizontal love to others. And I've seen that happen in amazing ways. And do you know where I've seen that happen in amazing ways? Here through all of you. Calvary Church, I've seen you love on people in such amazing and powerful ways. Uh, if you didn't realize how some of our giving goes, you give to your offering, and then there are people who give in addition to that to a fund called Benevolence, and that Benevolence is, is money that is used to meet the needs of those in our church community and also in our communities around us. Chad, actually the creep, uh, he's a pastor that oversees all of that, And he is constantly able to just meet the needs of those in our community because of you. Because of the way you have tangibly expressed your love. Love sees the needs of others and it meets those needs. Love sees the needs of others and it meets those needs. There's another letter that's written a little uh, in the Bible as well. It's written by a man named James. James has a a similar uh, statement that he makes In regards to our faith, in regards to what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, and he says this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Love is an action word. It's an action word. And I'm so grateful that I've seen that love in action by you. And I want you to know that that's going to be continued what we will do as a church. If I am a follower of Jesus, I am called to love with Jesus' love. I am called to love with Jesus' love. So what do we do with all this? What is our application? What's our takeaway here? What are we supposed to do? Well, we're supposed to love. L-O-V-E. We're supposed to love. I'm going to give you a list of ways that you can love others. It's not an exhaustive list. I'm sure you could add other things to that. But as I looked around at our community, as I looked around at our church, there are different needs that I think are very much something that people are dealing with right now and a very real opportunity for us to love. L, listen to someone. Listen to someone. We've come out of a season because of pandemic, because of all different things, that people just have stuff built up inside of them and they're hurting and there's so much just going on that they just need to express it to someone who actually cares. Be the one who cares. Listen to someone. Take the time out of your day to actually stop and just listen to someone's heart. Oh, offer to help. Offer to help. Put that love into action. You know what? Maybe there's someone who's going through something just medically that they they can't do stuff. Go do the yard work. There's leaves falling. Go get a rake. Maybe, maybe they just had a child. They just had a baby. Great. That's something to be celebrated, but it does turn life upside down. Go make some meals for them. Bring them dinner. Maybe you know of someone who's going through a financial hardship and there's a medical bill due. Pay the bill. Pay the bill. Offer to help. V, visit someone. Visit someone. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now that there are a lot of people who are lonely right now. There are a lot of people who could be reminded that they're loved and cared for. There are a lot of people in our church who can't actually get here for whatever reason. You know, there's a team at Calvary Church called the Barnabas team, and they are amazing. They go out and they visit people and they love on people, and they are rock stars. They are super team of all-stars. Go visit someone. Go bring lunch to someone. Just show that you care, that they are still loved. Visit someone. E. E. Encourage someone. Encourage someone. Do this every day. Do it every day. Just make it a habit. Do it every day. Send a text. Be old school. Write a card. Pick up the phone and call. If you hit that phone app on your phone, you can actually call someone. (laughs) Call someone. Encourage someone. Be encouragers. Now, all of you, will not be able to do all of these things the same way. But you can do something. You may not be able to do the same thing, but you can do something. So go out and love. L-O-V-E. Listen to someone. Offer to help. Visit someone. Encourage someone. Oh, and P.S. We're doing a letter, so I figured I could give you a P.S. Did you know that P.S. stands for postscript? You did? I didn't know that. So (laughs) it's the writing after the writing. But that's not what it stands for today. P. Prayer. Everything that we do will be covered in a foundation of prayer. Everything we do will be covered in a foundation of prayer. S. Share the gospel. We don't love for the sake of loving. We don't impact for the sake of impact. We love so that people can hear the good news of Jesus and see it in their lives and that their lives will be forever changed by that good news. Share the gospel. Share the gospel. Now, how do we do that? How how, how do we love like that? How do we love with Jesus' love? Well, we remember how we were loved. We remind ourselves how we were loved. Daniel Aiken uh, is a commentator. He studies uh, theology in the Bible, and he wrote a commentary on this letter by John. And when he was looking at this passage, he wrote this statement, and I found it just really awesome. This is what he says. The Bible says that if you want to see love, look at the cross. The Bible says that if you want to show love, look at the cross. The Bible says that if you want to know love, Look at the cross. The Bible says that if you want to live love, look at the cross. God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And he made you for a purpose. And there's nothing that can take away that love. And if you want an example of love, if you want proof of that love, look at the cross. Look at the cross because there's nothing that you've done, nothing that you are doing or that you will do that can change that love. Look at that cross. Look at the love that has been shown to you. And now go love with Jesus' love. Guys, with eyes fixed squarely on Jesus, let's go out this week and love with Jesus' love. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for that love. We thank you for the amazing strength of that love. And we ask you that it will just transform us that it will transform our lives, that it will transform everything we do, that we will go forward and be a church that loves with Jesus' love. Now, in the moments when it gets difficult, in the moments when it gets uh, just a little overwhelming, that we will remind ourselves of the love that you've shown to us and that we will go out and be the living proof of the gospel. Lord, I ask you that you would make us into a church that just loves furiously, loves with Jesus' love. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.